Because you know I'm all about Debbie's and about Debbie's and no trouble. I'm all about Debbie's about Debbie's and no trouble. I'm all about Debbie's about Debbie's and no trouble. I'm all about Debbie's about Debbie's. Yeah, it's pretty clear. Let us know you want to chime in. 
make sure you have a headset and, uh, and a microphone, and we can send you an email link that will connect you to the conversation, and you're welcome aboard. Anyway, yes, so um, now that that's all done, I did say the number. Everything goes <laughs> to right? Yes? Okay, good. Yeah. Hi. How you doing? Right. I'm doing great, man. How was your weekend? Yeah, you know, it was really good. I can't complain. I got some relaxation in, did some things as well I needed to do, and uh, get myself set, ready for today's show. And this week is going to be a great week, I feel. I I reckon it will. I reckon it will. I go remote. I'm leaving uh, to the East Coast tomorrow for the rest of the week. And uh, Wednesday and Friday will be uh, will be chiming in through my phone. It should work, or just might uh, might you know me Friday just might take the day off and have you and uh, Cornell Butler, who's our show coordinator, just kind of uh, have some fun and uh, see you guys come uh, up yeah. with on your own. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll Andy's out of here. Andy's out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, we. we <laughs> um, but you know we um we are you know again Andy here and and Amanda and we're like uh, you know we're we're uh, we're, we're alike bad lots both of us selfish and shrewd <laughs> but able to look things in the eyes and call them by their right names that's what we do <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently so <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like that I like that what's that yeah, from that's who we are that's that's from Gone with the Wind that's oh, really? uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, mm, I like it. Back I like it. Remember that? Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's from one of our uh, behind the scenes. Remember we did it behind the scenes of, of oh, the making yeah. of that movie several months yes. ago. I think that must have been. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Hey, uh, speaking yeah. of behind the scenes, do you know we we just arbitrarily picked the Adams Family behind the scenes episode last week. I think it was mm. Wednesday or something, or uh, maybe yeah. I don't know, whatever day it was. Anyway, um, not realizing when we. When we did that, that there's a a new Adams Family movie just being released. Oh really? And, uh, yeah, I didn't know that. I, I, honestly, we did not know that. We just, you know, we were taking let's go behind the scenes scenes, knowing that Halloween was coming up, and we took some kind of, you know, I think Cornell was talking about the monsters, and you know, we, oh, the Adams yeah. Family, yeah, sixty, and we just okay, but it was without realizing that there's a new Adams Family. Uh, I think it, it's an animation just being released now. It's being advertised all over the place. And there's the Andy and Amanda show doing the behind-the-scenes look at the original uh, composition of the TV of the you know the hit TV series in the '60s with Don wow. uh, Ashton and Carolyn Jones and all those folks. We must be Birch. tuned in, Andy. We must be tuned in because, uh, funny enough, on the news today, right? I'm I'm, I'm browsing mm-hmm. through the pages on on um, BBC's website. It says, mm-hmm. right, I'll, I'll tell you this in a moment. I was talking mm-hmm. with my sister over the weekend. I went for dinner. Beautiful dinner. Thank you, sis. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I said to her, it was just casual conversation. The TV was on in the background. There was one show on there. And the actor on the show was from uh, another show that I used to watch when I was a kid called mm. Bergerac. <laughs> and I said to Avril, hey, do you remember, do you remember when uh, th- that guy, you know, him, him there? She's like, yes, what about him? I said, do you remember he was in that, that uh, show, Bergerac? She was like, ooh, vaguely, because my sister is younger than me, so, you know, the time difference and everything. And, um, and I explained to her a little about the show. And then today, oddly enough, on BBC's website, it says, new Bergerac photographs marked the show's 40th birthday. I had no idea. So wow. it's just funny Isn't that, that we had that conversation about the show. And, yeah. And, bam. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we are tuned in. We are tuned in. Yeah, that, that, that's probably what makes this show so amazingly uh, popular. Yes, you know, uh, we, we got to say uh, this um, some sad breaking news actually. Um, oh, uh, okay. Our listeners around the world, but many people know who Colin Powell, the name Colin Powell. He was like a uh, you know a trailblazing soldier, statesman, Secretary of State, advisor. Um, he has died. From COVID complications at the age of oh, 84 yes. this morning, um, yes. and he was fully vaccinated. Colin Powell was, but he'd uh, he'd been treated for multiple myeloma. Uh, for those that don't know what that is, it's a type of blood cancer that hurts the body's ability to fight infections. It's a oh. it's a wicked one. It's a wicked one. And fully vaccinated people with weakened immune systems, uh, in fact, make up a large portion of those who are hospitalized with breakthrough cases. And right. this, being a, a, this being a depiction of that. Um, yeah. So, he, so he, he did die from 
COVID-19, but the underlying symptoms of what is what enabled those symptoms to materialize, even though he was fully vaccinated. But, oh, yeah, my Powell goodness. Served in the military. Yeah, he, he, he was in the military from, uh, you know, going back to the early days of Vietnam era through uh, – um, throughout you know, America's first war with Iraq, with uh, George uh, Bush 41. Right. Bush, okay. And he was also the nation's first black national security advisor, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and Secretary of State. Um, I don't know if you, you know, those of you might remember, he made the case for the invasion of um, Iraq uh, to the United Nations based on um, the... Um, manifestation of weapons of mass destruction held in Iraq, which was, of right. course, a lie. It never was. And went to war there that cost this country $8 billion a month, which we were not able to pay for ultimately and caused a significant economic decay thereafter yeah. and between the housing yeah. uh, crisis and so forth. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation. I don't I mean, we're talking about Colin Powell, but just, you know, as a little side note. Um, but, you know, leaders, uh, you know, former colleagues, from you know, uh, you know, political and economic and state, um, uh, the former president George Bush, who Powell served as Secretary of State, all, they all praised him as just a great public servant. Um, he was a uh, advocator for the nomination and election of of Barack Obama for being president. Although he was a Republican, you know, he uh, advocated for the removal of, of uh, Donald Trump and for the election of of uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. Um, Condoleezza Rice, who some of you might remember, Secretary of State, uh, former mm. Secretary of State, um, called yeah. Powell a, a truly great man, which he was. And Aww. and what made him go, what was the impetus that drove him to go before Congress, excuse me, go before, uh, that's not correct, go before the United Nations um, with that whole big um, storyline of, of evidence of weapons of mass destruction. So we got to go into Iraq and and uh, you know, wow. approval of the United Nations, and then uh, and every country, every ally said, "No, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that." And and some yeah. people said, "Oh, we should." Well, it was ratified by the United Nations, therefore that that gives us the approval to do that. But do you know how many things were ratified by the United Nations that we didn't do? Yeah, it wasn't right to do. But oh yeah, it was ratified. Let's go into Iraq. Uh, where were the weapons of mass destruction? Whatever there was was moved to Syria way before that, a long time ago. But Launch into Syria. You know, he's got a lovely mm-hmm. face. He's got a lovely face. Yes. I just want to say that. You know, when I've seen pictures yeah. of him or seen him on the TV or whatever, he's just mm-hmm. got, you know, that that kind of real friendly energy yes. in, in, in his look. And um, you're, you're so uh, right. You know, also he was very approachable. He'd be walking down the street in New York or somewhere, and you know, yeah. people would recognize him and go up to him. He was very likable, very approachable, and was very appreciative of, of the support mm. and the people recognizing him. And you know, very, very bright, uh, uh, very yeah. politically astute and, and economically and politically, you know, just internationally and militarily. Uh, and his, of course, his his record, you know, preceded his reputation of just one outstanding uh, servant, if you will. Uh, yeah. Of the United States. Uh, the uh, Joe Biden called Powell and his, uh, you know, his friend, and and finally remembered that the uh, that Powell, um, as a statesman and a general, could drive his uh, Corvette Stingray like nobody's business. You know, <laughs> he drove around. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, wow, that's two yeah, sad he, losses, isn't it? The U.S. You know, and it, the U.S. it is. It, it is. Both had them in a few days. Yeah, he was. You know, if you had to look at his life and what he accomplished, and you could come to the conclusion that this guy truly embodied the the highest level of uh, both as being a a general warrior as well as a diplomat. Yeah, Um, yeah. Bless him. Oh, I feel for you know his family and everybody mm -hmm. and uh, everybody who loved him. Really, you know, you guys. Yeah, definitely. Regardless of their political ideologies. Whether they agreed with him and what he said and when he said it or whatever the case might be, mm. uh, he was very well respected and will be honored. As a matter of fact, Biden ordered uh, flags here in the United States and across uh, all United States properties oh. to be lowered in uh, um, Powell's honor through uh, Friday, which I guess was the 22nd or something. Yeah. So. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Bless yeah. him. Oh, that's yeah. some sad news. 
There's just there's so much sad news around at the moment, isn't there? I mean, I know there's always something sad going on in the world. It's true. Everywhere, you yeah. know, there's something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you know what else is interesting? What's that? You know, here's a guy who's Republican who was very, very, very bright. Tremendous amount of insight. Really knew what, you know, really encapsulates. You know, really, this is what is right you know, both uh, ideologically, ethically, politically, and this is what is wrong. And he, as a Republican, he endorsed Democrats, Barack Obama, and even Hillary Clinton during their presidential campaigns. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. as a Republican, and of course other Republicans have too. You know, you look at the Lincoln yeah. Project, and we've even blasted some of their PR things on the show. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, other Republicans, you know, but, but he was obviously very well recognized, very strong. Um, you know, it was a real, real, real tragic oh. loss. And, you know, I, I didn't know that yeah. he had uh, myeloma, that, you know, who, who did, you know, they had multiple myeloma, but that is, that is what enabled COVID symptoms to ultimately take his life, even though he was vaccinated. Right. So anyway, we were born yeah. the testing of, of Colin Powell. Yes. And we'll move on to uh, to other things in the show um, that we need to talk about. Uh, like uh, relationships, <laughs> relationships. <laughs> and, like, you know, sex, you know, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's talk okay. about what's really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, so, uh, uh, you know, we keep, we, we, we keep talking yeah. like this. It's going so down we, very you know, rapidly. Really you know rapidly. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was about to say, did you get any today? But clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, um, but you're doing well. You're doing well. I'm, I'm glad you're. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, glad, well, you know, you want to marry me? Uh, oh yes. Of course I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, I thought we already yeah, were. I said, yeah. No, I was going to say I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> but as I remember, yeah, I'm really thinking that back. Just, just wondering. Just no, wondering. I'm just. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just you know trying to. Mm-hmm. Just like every other person in this world, get your head around everything mm-hmm. that's going on in this crazy world that we live in. What's um, going on over there? Trying to stay grounded. In the UK, oh, well. I know that stabbing we, we, of the of the yeah. chief, uh, of the parliament member. Um, oh, in, uh, that was you know, Friday tragic. We talked about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely yeah. tragic. They they've been mourning him um, today. What was his name? Again? And, uh, I'm sorry, a, a miss. Uh, what was his name? Abyss. Sir no, David I'm, Amis. I was right. Yeah, I missed. Yeah, okay. I bless yeah. him. Yeah. Such a lovely mm-hmm. guy. He had such a wonderful smile. You know, he, he was. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the genuine loved um, MPs. Considering there's a lot of MPs that uh, sit in Parliament, I think he was one of the special ones that uh, a lot of mm-hmm. people took to. And but his family visited the um, the church where he was killed, um, and they held um, you know a uh, service for him and. Uh, Boris Johnson uh, and the Queen has agreed to um, class uh, Scythe End, um, which is a town, uh, but they've, they've, mm. they've decided to grant that as a city because obviously it takes a certain amount of uh, population and uh, other things, elements to class a town as a city. Wait, and did you, uh, did you say Boris yeah. Johnson? Yeah, Boris Johnson. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> he talks like that, just a, a bit slower. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. So <laughs> that was good, Andy. That was good. Okay. Um, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, they agreed mm-hmm. to to in 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 his honour because he was pushing that for for safe end, and um, mm-hmm. it's nice that they did that for him. It's just a shame they've done it after his death and not before, mm-hmm. you know. But um, just like everything with these things, isn't it? As soon as somebody passes, it's like, oh yeah, we'll we'll do the thing that they wanted to do. We'll do this in their honour. We'll we'll sell their their albums and, and make a, a lot of money, and you know, their greatest hits after they've gone. And mm. so it's um. <laughs> It's the way mm, of things. Mm. Or, or a painter, mm-hmm. when they, they, they do a classic painting, it then becomes, you know, worth millions. And while they were alive, they were struggling to make ends meet. And, uh, mm. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. those little things. So, yeah, it's, it's lovely that they do that. That's a wonderful thing. And uh, I feel sorry for the family. You can generally see the, the pain on their faces. And um, that's yeah. awful, you know, when you lose anybody. So, yeah, there was that, that, that kind of mourning. And um, mm-hmm. 
we've had uh, more energy companies go bust here in the UK. Um, oh, no. Yeah, we're we're literally up to thirteen companies that have gone under. Um, what? From COVID? Really? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of them. Um, so it, it's it's I think it's thirteen. I mean that they're mm-hmm. they're they're showing thirteen uh, companies and two million um, households, UK households that have been affected from firms going bust. Um, yep, yeah, in fact, um, yep, yeah, correct. There's thirteen. Um, the latest mm. one today was a company called Go To Energy. Mm. They're the, mm. the recent ones to go under. So yeah, this this COVID situation hit us hard, and now of course they're they're failing because of the the rise in price gases and and Russia. Mm-hmm. Bless them. I've got nothing against Russia, but you know I think they're trying to manipulate a little bit of business with um with us because we're we're getting energy from um Russia and we've got a line going from the UK to France, I believe. Mm. And uh, Russia is saying that we're not denying giving you energy. You can have as much as you want. But, of course, the prices is ridiculous. And they're suggesting about putting a new line in, um, which is going to be- benefit them greatly. Mm. So it's, it kind of seems like a bit of manipulation to me. I could be wrong. It's just my perception. I could be completely wrong. But, you know, so the crisis is still very much um, getting thicker and thicker with no mm. end in sight at the moment as it stands. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's still a lot of concern about that. And, um, you know, we had the uh, the European Cup where England played. And um, yeah. I got all excited about it. Well, yeah. I remember telling you guys at the time and reporting to everybody who was listening that um, at the stadium where the England versus Italy match was being held, mm-hmm. fans had managed to get into the stadium who didn't have tickets. And there was chaos. People got hurt. Um, other people who were meant to be using those seats didn't have, you know, the, the capacity yeah, for sure. the COVID situation, of course. Sure. So it was a very crazy and chaotic time, and everybody was angry about it. Well, now England have been given a one-match stadium ban, um, and which is crazy. It says, England have been ordered to play one match behind closed doors as a punishment for the unrest at Wembley Stadium during the Euro 2020 final. Um, UEFA also imposed a ban for a second game, which is suspended for two years. Um, mm. And the Football Association was fined 100,000 euros, which is 84,560 pounds, mm. for the lack mm. of order and discipline inside and around the stadium for the game. Although we are mm. disappointed with the verdict, we acknowledge the outcome of this UEFA decision, said the FA. I mean, this is crazy. And not only that, you know, fans were being very rude. Um, to the opposite team, and I know you get that in whatever sport, but it seems to be within like soccer. Um, you tend to have, especially England. I don't know about the rest of the world really. Um, our English fans are not the best. I gotta admit, I hate to put my country down and, and our people here, but you know, we we like to drink, we like to make it known that we're we're not happy with the other side, and it's just it's, it's rudeness, and there's there's you know there's no need for the type of violence and arrogance and ego that comes out during these games there's just a lack of respect i think amongst english fans not all of them because i don't want to brand everybody the same i'm sure mm-hmm, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people saying i support england and i don't cause any trouble granted absolutely mm. I'm, I'm exactly the same as you but you know as it stands we haven't got a good reputation in europe um for you know mm. being a good audience so <laughs> Yeah, that's that. But uh, yeah, and there's, there's just lots of other things going on. There investigation um, into um, the COVID lab test failings in Wolverhampton. So the head of the UK Health Secretary Agency has ordered an, an investigation into why it took a month to identify a laboratory given incorrect COVID test results. Um, they said it was not clear yet what went wrong at the private lab. About 43,000 people in England and Wales may have been wrongly told their COVID test was negative. So mm. that's, that's wow. not good. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Not, not good, good at all. Holy smokes. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. So uh-uh. there's that. And, you know, that's, uh, mm. you know, most of the, the main headlines. Of the, the stuff going on in the world that I tend to dip into because I know we have many other countries listening to us right now. Um, China denies testing mm-hmm. rare hypersonic missile. Um, the report in the Financial Times newspaper reportedly caught U.S. intelligence by surprise. Um, mm. Yeah, I saw something about that the other day, actually, that they were testing some 
some missile. Um, there's a uh, ooh, hmm? the trial hmm? over how do you pronounce this? Amod Arbor's death in Georgia. The three men involved in ambushing and shooting the jogger face murder and assault charges. Oh, I don't know about that one. I don't know about um, that one either. Look, look into that. No. I don't know about that yeah. one. Yeah. No. Look, it says, uh, jury selection begins on Monday in the trial of three American men who fatally shot a black jogger in February last year. Gregory I remember that. Michael. Yeah, yeah. son Travis McMichael and their neighbor William Bryan are accused of confronting and murdering Armand Arby. Forgive if I pronounced that name wrong, people. 25 mm. years old. Wow. Footage from the incident was leaked online, speaking a national outcry over the everyday racism black people face. Bless. It's craziness. Mm. And we've got um, suspect denies role in Dutch journalist murder. The suspect appears in court alongside a man accused of shooting Peter R.D. Vrace or Vrace in Amsterdam. Mm. We've mm. got a Norway attack. Uh, victims were stabbed. Um, mm. Yes. There is also something going on in India. We've got at least 26 killed in India from floods and landslides. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 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 There's so much. Hey, here, the mm. the um, the rock and roll band, the Rolling Stones, just played two concerts at SoFi Stadium. And oh. I'll tell you what, somebody sitting up in the bleacher section live streamed the entire show yesterday. And it is now on YouTube. You can watch the Rolling Stones concert. Of course, the audio is through his cell phone or whatever device he's using to stream the show. So the yeah. audio is not the best, but you get to see and hear the entire Los Angeles concert yesterday of the Rolling Stones. And uh, if you're a Stones fan at all, um, you got to tune in. Just look for that YouTube video at SoFi Stadium, the Rolling Stones from, from uh, um, what month is this? October. What well, it was yesterday's date, the 17th, I guess. Um, um, and it is, you know, I've, I saw it's two hours, you know, you see the whole thing and they did, every, they did some, a couple of new tunes, but they did everything, man. And, and Mick, who's 78 years old, Mick Jagger, 78. Um, I think, uh, Keith Richards is, is, is right there at 77, Ron Wood, 74. Um, they got Daryl Jones on, uh, on base. who has been with them now for quite some time. And of course, Charlie yeah. Watts died recently and he's being, uh, replaced by Steve Jordan, uh, who was John Mayer's drummer. I think he played with Eric Clapton. I believe he was the drummer from the Blues Brothers, if I'm mistaken. But anyway, he was incredible and really had some zing, uh, wow. capturing some of the Charlie Watts signature uh, riffs, which were became part of the signature you know, s- songs of the Rolling Stones, with some of those drum riffs that Charlie Watts created. And uh, yeah. Steve Jordan captured those and then some. And he, well, you know, we're so used to... You know, Charlie Watts sitting there, uh, like a, a statue, you know, providing that solid in-the-pocket, you know, drum, you know, the, the backbone of the Rolling Stones, where um, Steve uh, Jordan's kind of animated, you know, he's banging away at those things and does, does a fabulous job of, 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 of maintaining the integrity of, of the sound of the Rolling Stones. And they were just, just I saw the whole show, I mean, from my living room. Wow, you know, it was, it was that's like cool. And, and you know, yeah. they're, come, they're still touring, um, you know, through the end of November, I believe, and they'll be playing Las Vegas, uh, and I, they're playing Detroit, and these are a couple of places that I frequent. I would like to, uh, I might, I might actually go go to Vegas, which is a four-hour drive for me, and, and go see wow. go see them at the uh, where the uh, they're playing in the stadium there. In yeah, November. but you still uh, should. But Mick, you know, seventy-eight years old man, you know. Um, yeah. You never know it. Oh my God. He's just fantastic, fantastic. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, they I were just see great. see him live would be something, wouldn't they? Really would it, would. though? And they are my favorite band of all times. And, and wow. Never seen them live. Actually, actually, in, in 2013, they, they, hmm. um, they did a 50th anniversary tour. And I was living in L.A. at the time, and my daughter and I decided we would, because I didn't have tickets, and they were going for astronomical prices, um, so we thought I'll tell you what that's about in a second. But we went down to the Staples Center where this uh, the 50th anniversary tour was going to kick off. Um, yeah. And um, just to kind of surround ourselves in the excitement of the Rolling Stones concert, 50th anniversary, and all the vendors were set up by selling Stones merchandise and shirts and everything else you can imagine. So we're at the Staples Center out front. And uh, in Los Angeles, and my, um, you know, we and look at my daughter because we, we thought we heard you know, the song Wild Horses somewhere. We, we, we paused. We said, wait a minute. 
Wow. The rehearsal thing. Let's, and we walked around the back of the Staples Center. It was just about nobody there to the VIP entrance where the people like, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson and, you know, and Leonardo DiCaprio and all these people, when they go to shows, they go to the VIP entrance in the back of the Staples Center. I shouldn't have said that probably. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but anyway we, 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 we walked back there and, uh, and the doors were wide open. We walked up and there were the Rolling Stones um, uh, rehearsing Wild Horses. I mean, right there, right in front of us, right there. Um, wow. Who, who, uh, Blake Sheldon's wife, I forget her name. She was a, she was a judge on the, on the voice. My God, I can't think of her, but she was, uh, what's her name? Um, Gwen Stefani. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> she was, she was singing Wild Horses with Mick Jagger and uh, I guess it oh, wasn't up wow. to their, their par and they had to do it over and over and over and over again. We must have heard Wild Horses a dozen times, We're, you know, but no still, way. oh my God, how many, I just walked away, couldn't get the song out of my head, but they did go on <laughs> to do, um, they did go on to play some other songs and then we decided we would just kind of, uh, you know, stay in the Staples Center area, which is a great entertainment plaza where it's located in downtown LA, a lot of stores and shopping and restaurants and so forth and uh, real fun, you know, like the, kind of the, the, the Times Square kind of feel in New York. And so we went and got something to eat and figured, let's go back and, uh, you know, peek back here for the concert. And we walked around the front to go get something to eat. There's like lines of people through these, like you go to a bank, you know, you go zigzag round and round through the rope barriers, you know, and lines of people out. We're thinking, what the heck, why? So we asked somebody and they said, oh, because they couldn't sell the, the seats on the floor at the Staples Center up front for $400 a pop. So they put them on sale on the Internet for $80, first come, first wow. serve. Bam, <laughs> eighty bucks up front on wow. the floor at the, st- and we were like, oh man, oh, because nobody's buying the tickets at four hundred dollars yeah. each. No, the floor would have yeah, been empty. Yeah. So okay, we got to blast these tickets out, eighty dollars, and boom. Would wow. I've done that? You bet I would have. Anyway, we didn't, so we uh, you know missed that missed that train. So we got something to eat and went back. Uh, to the VIP entrance, and we got pretty close to the doors. They opened them and closed them and opened, but we got to hear quite a bit of the show and see them all, right there in front of us from the from the doors of the Staples Center VIP entrance. And we also got to see a bunch of VIPs. I forget who, but you know, I would, you know, but we saw a bunch <laughs> yeah. of VIPs going. <laughs> but anyway, wow. um, but I never actually was seated in an arena to see my favorite band in the world. And I think, and again, this was this was you know revitalized. Last night when I watched this stream, this recorded stream of the Stones show, they are indeed the greatest rock and roll band in the world. There's just none other. There's no none other. And you know you go and say well the Beatles, but the Beatles expanded their genre way beyond just rock and roll. I mean the Beatles yeah. were the equivalent of a, they, they, they were the modern day Beethoven. I mean they were you know there's only one Beatles. There'll never be another Beatles. Um, wow. Yeah, but, I agree. You know what I mean? Absolutely. The Beatles are the Beatles. So, and you can't make, yes. you can't make, you, you know, it's really funny. Paul McCartney said, <laughs> Paul McCartney said in an interview a short while ago, um, he called the Rolling, Stan, Rolling Stones a glorified cover, a blues cover band. All right. right. Yeah. And, and the Stones started as a blues band, but so did the Beatles. But anyway, uh, the blues, <laughs> I guess, started as an early rock and roll band. So anyway, so Mick Jagger says, uh, you know, he started acknowledging some of the fans and the people in the audience, whether they were really there or not. He said, yeah, we and our DiCaprio's here. You know, this person's here, this person here. And uh, Paul McCartney's here. So Paul McCartney and Mick Jack goes on to say, should we do a, a blues cover song? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Because <laughs> it's just rivalry, you know. Yeah, Speaking of which, of the Beatles yeah. and so forth, a very, and we, we, we chatted about this, I guess, over WhatsApp yesterday or the day before, mm. a very, very good friend of mine is a, a very good friend, like, you know, very dear friend with uh, Ringo Starr, who lives uh, here in the L.A. area. Incredible. And gets and sees Ringo all the time and talks to Ringo all the time and jams with Ringo. As a matter of fact, uh, and this guy's name is Kevin Michael, K-I-V-A-N, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-S, Kevin Michaels, if you want to look him up. Um Okay. He, um, he played me a track on, he got in my car and he got, whipped out his phone, he connected it to my audio system and played It Don't Come Easy with Kevin singing it and Ringo playing the drums, right? So Kevin tells Ringo, um, you know, afterward, you know, they're doing this song, they recorded it, you know, I don't know if it was ever released or anything, but, but Kevin says, 
oh, I got to give you, you credit. You know, it's a cover song. And, and Ringo says, it's not a cover song because I'm on it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wow. But anyway, Ke- Kevin yeah. just released, went to Nashville, and with, with the top, you know, Allison Krauss's music director, Robbie Krieger of The Doors, the list goes on and on and on. The, the people he has uh, playing on the songs that he recorded in Nashville is, is the who's who of Nashville, who's who of country music, and recorded a tune called Down in Georgia, which charted. 29 on national country charts, moved up 20 spots over the weekend. And you've got to hear Kevin Michaels. Look it up, Google it, Spotify it, doing down in Georgia. We're going to have Kevin on the show uh, next week when I return back to California. Kevin's coming on. Kevin was a very dear friend of John Lennon's. As a matter of fact, John Lennon was producing an album of Kevin. Kevin also uh, was one of the founders, one of the original members, or, or shortly after original members, of a band called Badfinger. Uh, noted for several songs in the 60s, uh, was the first band ever re- signed to Ap- Apple Records, aside from the mm. Beatles. Uh, the song Day After Day, do-do-do-do-do-do, day, af- you know, day After Day, and yeah. everybody knows that song. They, that's, that's, you know, Kevin was part of writing that song when he was 14 or 15 years old. As a matter of fact, he wrote Down in Georgia when he was 14 years old, just recorded in Nashville. Wow. And, you know, because so you, you and I are both musicians, you know, and... and um, that's our real jobs, folks. Um, but the uh, one thing, and I, I, I talk about this a lot in doing workshops and so forth and talking to other musicians, that the best songs are, I think, are, are, fall into two categories. Songs that when they were initiated by the songwriter, the writer didn't know what they were truly about till they're halfway through them. And then it kind of takes shape and you, oh, that's what the song's about. You, know, you just kind of... Yeah. You come up with a lick or musical something, you find words that go, and you start writing down writing down the song, and, and then it starts to take shape and, and go somewhere, hopefully. Um, yes. And, and you know what I mean? Because people I say, do. I was just in this relationship, and it ended miserably, and I'm going to write a song about it. Uh, how many times has that been done before in different ways? You know, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, gonna, I just, I'm having a bad time or a great time, whatever it might be in my life, and I'm going to write a song about that. Here are the words. I'll find G, C, and D and put it together, and here's the song. How many times has that been done? But sometimes you take a music, you know, riff, something that, that you just you know, tap your foot to, or, or just means something that lands in your in your gut, in your heart. It lands that riff, that musical passage, and you say, "I'm going to, you know, find words and find the rhymes and just put spaghetti, spaghetti, manicotti, whatever it is, right now until I kind of find the words that belong." <laughs> and and it somehow it becomes a song, and you're like, you know, that's a good song. I don't know what it's about, but let me let me read yeah. it. Oh, that's what that's what it's about. Oh, I'll be darned. You know, there's a lot of debate, and, uh, isn't there, over what's more important, the, the lyrics or the music. But I find in, in my experience that if you haven't got a very good uh, piece of music mm-hmm. to draw them in, then mm-hmm. you can might as well forget about the best lyrics in the world. Because, yep. you know, ultimately, the first thing you hear is that music that has to draw you yep. into the song within the first 10 seconds, 30 seconds. And um, unless you've got that and you've captured mm-hmm. that, that really good chorus mm-hmm. or whatever it is even though just a great verse sometimes of music mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. chorus is not as great as the verse it can still work and it's just i uh, you know i find that anyway i don't know what, what you think andy yeah i, I think so. I, I remember doing a workshop one of the first actually workshops that i ever knew i had actually teach something as opposed to doing a mini concert with other performers who were at a festival uh in round robin i went to uh, this is way you know a long time ago and i did a main stage show in a, in a festival in Washington State, and uh, I leave stage and I got a real good, you know, real good response. And the promoter said, "Hey, you know, great show! You've got 120 people signed up for your workshop tomorrow. Where are you going to teach them?" And I'm like, "Teach them? Teach? Yeah, yeah. You're going to teach, right? You're going to teach this." And I'm like, "Oh my God, what am I going to do?" And I had no idea. How am I? Gonna, what am I going to do? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, uh, I remember asking this question. And I'm just going off the top of my head. I had no idea. You know, this is just thinking, you know, on the fly. And I said, somebody, anybody, raise your hands with what your favorite song in the world is. What's your favorite song? And all these hands went up and I just randomly picked somebody in the back. I said, go ahead. And I think this guy picked was Norwegian Wood or Michelle. I forget it was a Beatles song. I said, okay, your favorite song, right? And the guy goes, yeah, what's second verse? Go. What is it? Words. Go. Uh, I said, you don't know him, right? It's your favorite song. Second verse. What are the words? This is your favorite song. You don't know the lyrics. 
So, okay, no problem because I, I bet the same thing would apply and that would apply to me and probably everybody else here or, or most everybody else here. So, okay, put that aside. No, no problem, no problem. But can we conclude from that, though, that your favorite song is not your favorite song? And listeners you know, who are listening to this show, listening to this podcast, think about it. Your favorite song, what are the second words? Go, right now, boom, what is it? Right now, right? So how many of you can really do that? So, so I, I told, I then said, can we now conclude based upon your reaction to that question that your favorite song isn't your favorite song because of the lyrics? Because, quite frankly, you don't know. All right, now, let's look at what yeah. the chords are. What were the chords of that song? D, G, E minor, whatever it was. I don't know what the song was. D, E, whatever it was. Um, how many songs can we just guess are D, G, C or D, G, whatever the chords were? You know, three simple chords. 10,000, yeah. 15, 20,000? Okay. Can we also conclude that your favorite song is not your favorite song because of the chords, because there's 20,000 others that have this identical chords done in the same progression? It's not your favorite song because of the lyrics, because you don't know them. Hmm. So why is it your favorite song? What makes it your favorite song? Think about that. And, and then what I concluded and went on to, to give examples and demonstrations is think, think of the one, two, three, four, how the melody attaches itself to the lyric line, how the music attaches itself, how it feels, how, what the space is like between the notes that lands, not the notes, but the space and how this thing's put together. Is the song heard? Or does it land? Is your favorite song your favorite song because how you hear it or how you feel it? Right? Oh yeah. So so that that so what you were just saying is well the lyrics you know now let's let's look at let's look at Bob Dylan how do we get on this subject I have no idea but it's kind of fun let's look at Rolling <laughs> Stones you know Bob you know and, you know and also you know to to write you know to find a musical passage and to to find the words that fit and that means something that lands. You become not just a lyricist, but a wordsmith. Yeah. You know, you're really, so you're being a wordsmith. You're really, you know, how does this, how does this all make sense or does it make sense? And does it really have to make sense to be a good song? Does it really have to make sense? Well, maybe, maybe if it doesn't make sense to you as you write it, that song will go ahead and when you perform it and, and put it out into space at that venue will mean something different to everybody in the audience or to everybody who's listening to it. It'll, it'll have a take on a different meaning because of what that space is, what the translation of, of the space is in terms of the musical passage and how it lands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I is, do it know the lyrics? is it the music? How did you get onto this? Do you remember what we were talking about? Rolling well, it all started, I think, when we were talking about the Rolling Stones, yeah, and we just progressed as we do, as the conversation normally would. Yes. <laughs> it's fun. I like how it jumps from, like, one area of music to another. I love the way conversations can just flow sometimes. You just, something sparks in your head. Oh, yeah, what about this? I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's kind of cool how we do things here on the Andy Amanda Show. We're like, a, you know, like, you know, it's like a, yeah. Ah! Ah! Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah cause I, I guarantee sometimes if, if you're listening to a show yourself and you hear this conversation going on and then things spark in the listener's mind. It's happened to me when I've listened to other people. And then you, you hear that those people then mention the very thing you're thinking about. You're like, yes, yes. Or, or what about this? Oh, you should say this. Or you, you didn't comment on this. And it's just like a good way of um, people being involved in the conversation, isn't it? Because, you know, we all have mm-hmm. these conversations in various forms yeah. and it's just it's great and people love talking and listening and all that kind of all that all that jazz <laughs> all that jazz all that jazz, all that jazz. i like saying yeah. that all that jazz and let's do a plug amanda your your music because amanda's an amazing composer speaking of composers takes uh, oh my darling you know Thank keyboards you. and physicize and loops and and you know i don't even know how you do half what you do actually I can't do it. But it's really not that amazing, hard, Andy. Seriously. She's <laughs> amazing musical compositions and writes words and sings. And how, if somebody wanted to take a listen so they can see for themselves what I'm talking about, how would they do that, Amanda? How would, how would somebody listen to your tunes? Well, currently, I mean, I tried to uh, put myself on the net a long time ago, and then I ended up coming off. Um, I was on MySpace mm. for a while under a different name. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was like, you, you know what? Under, no, you're, yeah, you're under my name, right? You, you use my name. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but, uh, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was, used to go 
go under the name of uh, Mandares back in the day. Of course. Because being yep. Amanda mm-hmm. Mandares, mm-hmm. you know, just seemed mm-hmm. like a cool name. And, yeah. um, you know, I was there for a while and the, the music didn't really happen for me. And then I was just, I got to the stage in my life where so much more creativity started to flow. And I'm like, right, I'm all over this. I'm going under Amanda Love. I'm going to put my stuff up. And so, yeah, YouTube is um, the ideal place to go. I've only mm-hmm. got two songs loaded on my channel so far, but mm-hmm. there's going to be more to come. And mm-hmm. uh, so look for um, Amanda Love Music. And there's probably a few Amanda Loves out there with, with music. So, um, But anybody who's ever seen my face on Instagram or uh, or uh, uh, on our picture, uh, uh, yes, yes. The, the show's picture, yes, uh, will uh, yes. recognize will become me immediately attracted as soon as the <laughs> right away. <laughs> Look at my face to run the other way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, no, don't be silly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited to do some some more music. Um, uh, like I said to you the other day, I had a really good song title idea that inspired me, and mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to be um, writing that and doing that. It's going to be more of a mellow kind of song, I think, more of a laid back vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just one that like it's got it's just going to have feeling. It's going to have lots of mm-hmm. feeling. And I, I'm mm. one of those people that has to pour feeling into the music, in, in the sounds I use, um, in the things that I write. And I'm one of those songwriters that can take a story in my mind and just write about it. Like, um, there was this time when um, a friend of mine, um, her friend was in the forces, and he came back home and he was sharing some stuff with her. I had no idea what went on. She didn't share that part. Mm. But... I I suddenly felt inspired one day after watching a mo- movie, and I mm. thought to myself, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write about what a soldier must go through, how I imagine what a soldier goes through, um, being away mm. from its family and you know all that kind of thing. And I wrote this song. Mm. It it ended up turning into a rap song, and I don't usually write rap songs at all, kind of a hip hop track. And mm. I sent her the lyrics because you know she was a, a close friend. And um, mm-hmm. she read them. She was like, I've got to show my friend this. I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah. So she did. And he read it and he started crying. He said, oh, my God, she's nailed it. She's absolutely mm. nailed it. How did she know that? And my friend said, well, she, she, you know, she's not done, done anything like that. She just likes writing songs. And, and um, I'm just one of those people that can just place myself in a situation, how I would feel in that situation. And then, you know, or maybe little knowledge of what I know about that situation and try to make it work. And... So it's, I kind of see uh, songwriting for me as storytelling and um, a beautiful way of telling a story. And uh, mm. yeah, mm-hmm. that's just my, mm-hmm. own, my own process. So mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Yes. I love it. Well, it's great hearing your music too. And, and, and for me, just uh, search Andy Kimball, K-I-M-B-E-L, and um, you know, see what you come up with. You know, it's, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Oh, oh you know, darling, speaking of music, um, my yeah. daughter had told me oh, just not long ago, a very short while ago, she said, Dad, because, you know, I'm not up on social media platforms or things that you do. Or, you know, I started my music career before there was an Internet and there was actual record stores and people bought CDs and you sold CDs off the stage. And, you know, there was all these, you know, tower records all over the country. And, these, you know, there was no Internet, you know, which... I'm not sure it was a good thing or a bad thing to the music industry, but anyway, that's another discussion. But um, so my daughter, not too long ago, said, um, "You know, Dad, you you, you got to get on TikTok and really, you know, expand your base and get out there and show people what you do, and you need to really, you know, move move along here." You know, so I've been a little stagnant the past. Well, COVID's part of that, but even before that, sort of kind of just, you know, I'm not up on the on how you proceed as a professional musician and. You know, my daughter's more on top of that than I am for sure. So um, she said, Dad, you really need to get on uh, on TikTok. You know, play play some tunes and get it out there. And I got to tell you something. TikTok has been amazing. I mean, I'll do a, I'll just sit down and do this jam, just make it up, you know, as I go along or play a song I haven't played in ages a day and hopefully get through it. And bam, within hours, 300, 400 views or whatever, you know. And I'm not really promoting it. I guess I can promote it. Hey, here I am promoting it. Um, but... When you get to a thousand followers, I think I'm 300 and some right now. When you get to a thousand followers, you can start doing live streams on TikTok. And what my plan is to do 
is to actually do live stream guitar coaching and, and workshops and, and talk to people about and helping people out who are emerging, who want to kind of get that next level and go out there and do more with the music, whether it be a part-time thing or even as a hobby and whatever your day gig is, but you'd love to go out and, you know, make some more noise as a musician. How do I get out there and do that? Um, and um, I want to do that with a live TikTok stream, you know, on a part-time thing, just as, as an adjunct to my own career. Yeah, and uh, that's a so great if anybody, idea. if anybody's, so I have three hundred and six or three hundred and ten, whatever it is, followers on TikTok, and I want to get that to a thousand. So uh, I need everybody out there to go to TikTok. However you do that, I don't even know how you do that. TikTok com, I don't even know what. TikTok. Well, yeah, whatever it is, and or tell everybody you know just to go to TikTok and and follow me to get me up to that thousand, you know, a thousand number. Absolutely, Mr. Kimball. Absolutely, yes. I'm sure our, our lovely listeners would love to do that and check you out. Yeah, it's a do yeah, it, do it. Donald Trump is a genius. Putin called me a genius because you know he, he's he, he's he's on TikTok. <laughs> oh, is he? Yeah, I'm sure lots of people have spread him around. <laughs> he gets around more than butter on me, I swear. He invented TikTok, right? <laughs> but um, yeah, so anyway. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so anyway, it's, you know, so really, um, you can learn more about my real job uh, by just searching andykimball.com and, of course, going to uh, to um, TikTok. And please tell everybody you know to follow me because I want to get that thousand number. So I think we, you know, Cornell told me last week, say, hey, you, you guys need to do more music and talk about more about your music careers. Cornell Butler is the coordinator of our show, folks. Introduce Amanda and I. We've never met, and actually, we've never even met Cornell either. Um, but uh, over, you know, 300 and some shows now, 330 some shows, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, we're still doing the show. We have, we're in 23 countries around the world. We're talk about a lot of things, have a lot of laughs, you know, go where no radio show has gone before. Well, maybe Howard Stern. I don't know. People have compared us to Howard Stern. I don't really <laughs> see that. But uh, we have been in the past because we, we can get out a bunch. You know that sometimes we do. Yeah. And that's kind of fun to do. But anyway, um, you know, so. He's a good so, guy. Yeah, he is. He is. I, he I is. used to, you know, listen. You know, we don't model our show after anybody because we just do what we do um, on the fly. See your pants. No agenda. No. Well, sometimes we have. Well, you know, we do have special guests on the show, and of course we. Yeah. We we, we do we, get you know, these ideas and yeah. plan them a little, but um, yes, we try so, to freestyle. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, we have, like even don't talk about writing songs and music. We that was not our plan to do today. You know, there's probably no. things in the news I we see. should discuss, but. But you know we, we don't we're not a, we don't report the news we we talk about what's on the headlines here's what we yeah. might want to talk about and and discuss but we don't you know go behind the scenes and try to find out where those headlines came from who wrote them are they true or not and we that lot during the political campaigns of course and that's that was a I lot think of fun. Some of the best and natural responses come from random conversation because you haven't planned what you're going to say. You know, yeah, and it, it kind of sparks one thing to another. Like, oh yeah, 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 and you, you get that true feeling come out. I mean, I understand why so many shows and all that kind of stuff is scripted when you've got so much that they need to cram into one show. What they're trying to put mm-hmm. out there in the world, what they're trying to advertise, and so on. Um, mm-hmm. I get that, and I think I just love, I guess, the 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 freestyling that we do on this show. Um, because it feels more natural, and our opinions <laughs> seem more organic. Not something that yeah. we've just gone, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to write this about that. And, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my opinion. And I, I'm, I'm sure yeah. our listeners would have their own thoughts on it. You know, email us, show at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I just, yeah, that's my opinion, guys. And, you know, I appreciate anybody who listens to us waffle on. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of, uh, speaking of, uh, what's his name? Trump and new news. Um um, well, I was going to reply to that, but oh, what the hell? Let's move on to something else. Yeah, yeah. What I was going to say was, <laughs> thank you, uh, Mr. Former President. We, uh, Donald Trump, speaking of former presidents, um, answered questions under oath for about four and a half hours today as part of a lawsuit that was brought by uh, uh, men alleging that they were assaulted by his security during a demonstration outside Trump Tower in 2015. Wow. And while under deposition, which anything goes in deposition, for those of you who don't hmm. know, a lawyer can ask about anything about the weather. And uh, 
you require an under uh, oath to answer uh, as truthfully as you can. If you don't know the answer, then you say I don't know the answer. If you didn't know it, then you you answer it. Um, um, wow. And uh, they examined Trump on a variety of issues, including statements that he was made under various campaign events and rallies, and um, you know. Statements regarding that, that council believed encouraged violence at those events or encouraged security guards to engage in violence at those events, including yeah. confiscation of cameras and other property. Um, but anyway, um, so he Ooh. was at it. You know, he is required yeah. at that position. He showed up and he answered questions. He was, uh, um, and they, they said that he, I didn't see this yet, but I think we'll probably all get bits and pieces of it. Um, but they said that he. Uh, answered questions as you would expect Trump to answer questions and conduct himself in a manner that you would expect Donald Trump to conduct himself. That's what yes. was reported to the outcome of this. And um, <laughs> right. his deposition was, was, took a long time in the making because the New York judge first ordered Trump's videotaped deposition in 2019, but it was paused while Trump was in the White House because of his presidential you know, privilege. <laughs> now you're going to okay. see a whole bunch of other lawsuits come to fruition and be processed that couldn't be when he was president, and we'll follow those as they. We we talked about what they were a while back. I mean, long time, long time. It seems like a year ago. Yeah. But we'll follow those lawsuits as they come, and including, including potential criminal indictments and lawsuits. There already was one, of course, against his company, and now we'll kind of see what happens to him personally because thirteen people are surrounding Trump, were all arrested and or indicted, and uh, those people uh, face uh, severe uh, penalties, jail time if, if uh, found guilty. Uh, some were already right. said they were guilty, and Trump pardoned them before they before he left office, right? But there's 13 others now that uh, that um, will be questioned regarding their indictments. And the question, the interesting thing is, I mean, all these people surrounded Trump, all get arrested or indicted. His his immediate advisors, his 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 counsel, his political campaign managers, you know, um, just you know, people, his lawyers, yeah. lawyers, yeah. right? So the, mm. the interesting thing will, that will happen is are these people willing to go to jail and do time to mm. protect this guy who has no more power than you or I do? You know, it's just ordinary yeah. citizen Donald Trump. And it'll be interesting to see what comes out because, you know, what, what goes around comes around. If, every, if his company is indicted, everybody around him is indicted and or arrested, yeah, except him. Mm. Yeah. Who's at the center of all this? Who's at the center of all this, folks? Come on. Come on. And it'll be interesting to see what the reaction of all these people, although the population has diminished, there are still some Trumpies out there. There are still some that say, oh, it's all a witch hunt. He was a God's gift. He's the greatest president since Lincoln, even before that. There's never been anybody since Jesus Christ who, you know, I mean, the people have said that, seriously. And, of course, Trump said it himself. And anything he says, the Trumpies believe to be the truth. We've talked yeah. about that enough in previous shows, and I guess we don't we have time. Nor, nor yeah. do we need to go into that right now, but we should, you know, we'll see. Listen, you, you know, know there, uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Go, go. No, I, I insist. <laughs> you, your turn. I'm done. I, I, I read somewhere <laughs> that you, you should be able to book a flying taxi within three years. Yeah, they, they, have, they have these flying vehicles now. The first one was that just demonstrated uh, last week uh, that you don't need a pilot's license for and you don't really know how to fly an airplane. It's you know a few instructions, and you'll get up and be able to move this thing. As the reporter who covered it just got in, having never flown and flew all around, it goes a few hundred feet in the air and you know buzzes oh around goodness. here to there. They put wow. a uh, a block on how because this thing can go blazing fast, and they they put a throttle block in there so you couldn't achieve the speeds it's capable of doing. But wow. yeah, you you will get just like flying drones, you'll be able to get flying taxi. It comes over, picks you up, and takes you, you know, all ran by GPS and computer like the Tesla cars do. Oh my do. goodness, that'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Oh my god, that's gonna happen. I'm hey Amanda, we're out of right time. Now. Yeah. We're, we're, yes, we're we done. are darling. We're, we're, the, the kick is out here. So um, yes, this has been fun. This it is has. another fun show. We'll be back on Wednesday. I'll be remote uh, in on the East Coast. Um, you know, hopefully, yeah. we'll have no technical issues. And we, and we have this, a special guest. Yes, we do. Talk about that. Who is that special guest? Um, her name is, and I, I'm trying to pronounce this right, Ish or Esh, Esh, it's about mm-hmm. E-S-H-E. And mm-hmm. she's a bit of a legend in the music industry. You might have known her from Arrested Development, the uh, mm-hmm. hip-hop group back in the 90s. Yep. Looking forward yep. to talking with her. Yep, that'll be a lot of fun. Wednesday show, Yes. 3 p.m. No, 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 no. 
Yeah, 3 p.m. I know we're doing yeah. one of our shows yeah. earlier. Is that Wednesday or is that Friday? It's going on a half hour uh, early. I think it's... We're actually, yes, it's half hour early on Wednesday. All right, so thanks. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. Okay, so 2.30. 2.30, and I think it has to accommodate her schedule or something else. I forget. But anyway, uh, 2.30 Eastern Daylight Time, Wednesday, yes. uh, we'll yeah. be back live. Uh, this show live right now will become a podcast. For those of you listening to the podcast, and I know many of you do, welcome aboard. Please join us live. Um, you got to tune in and call them the show, 515-605-9888, andyandamandashow.com. We'll look forward to seeing everybody live here on Wednesday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, whatever time it is around the world. So be it. Yes. And Amanda, get us home. We'll see everybody Wednesday. Okay, no problem. So on behalf of my co-host, Andy Kimball in California, Hollywood, myself, Amanda Love here in the UK, thank you again, guys, for listening and joining us. We love you. Join us on Wednesday. It's going to be fun with our special guest. Oh, she's amazing. So uh, take care and have a good week. See you then. We'll see you then. Take care, folks. Oh, one more thing I wanted to say before we officially sign off. Ooh, the stock yeah. market is doing great. We, we, we were all oh, zoomed yeah. into AMC, BBIG, up, uh, NEO. Every, it's doing great. Uh, and... and you know, we'll talk about that later in the week. But uh, you know, I just want to mention that because we have been—we were all new retail investors, and um, yeah, and it's doing real well. So I just wanted to mention that. If I got ahead, that I want to talk about that real quick. <laughs> but uh, things are looking up. AMC is over forty-two now. Um, you know, it's anyway. Anyway, it's doing great. That's what <laughs> I want to say. Tesla's doing great. They're all doing great. All right, go, go, go. Eight nations all right, go. to the moon. To the moon. To the moon. To the moon. We'll see everybody on Wednesday. Take care, folks. Bye, everyone.